superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Andrew Siciliano. The kick is no good! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Negative Nelly Andrew shows up sometimes. We all have it. You know, it was gallows humor. I said when Tommy DeVito, Syracuse legend, comes in, oof, imagine the headline of Tommy DeVito beats them. Today's guests, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero, Texas Rangers outfielder Evan Carter, NFL writer for The Athletic, Mike Sando. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Andrew Siciliano. I, I strive to be positive. I am Mr. Positivity. <laughs> I'm going to say right now that I thought, not don't it. laugh. <laughs> don't any of you wonderful people hey. laugh. <laughs> Yesterday, I, I didn't think Rich fairly characterized our interaction from Sunday. I think I think he was understandably upset about the way the Jets were playing and lashed out. This is a happy place, a safe space, and we are happy that you are here with us. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am Andrew Siciliano. I am here today and tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow, Monday as well. Next week, honestly, the schedule is kind of up in the air. I'm here some of it. Regardless, we're happy that you're here today. Tom Pelissero is going to join us shortly. How exactly did the Raider thing go down? And will Jimmy Garoppolo ever play again for the Raiders? Will Jim Harbaugh ever coach the Raiders? Things like that. We'll, we'll talk to Tom about. Speaking of Jim Harbaugh, Rich will join us from Germany as he gets ready for, as I like to call it, the weekly game of the year, except this time we mean it. This time, we quote Fox, it. it counts. It's the Chiefs. It's the Dolphins. It's in Germany. I know a little German. I don't. It's a cheesy movie reference. Rich will join us from his beautiful hotel room. Mike Sando from The Athletic, who has a project, a book, the NFL 100. And who doesn't love a parade? Evan Carter will join us. What an amazing story he is. Two months ago, he's in the minors. He's in double A. Double A. He hadn't even turned 21. Now he's about to ride on a parade around a parking lot in Arlington. Love it. Because the Rangers are World Series champions. Anyway, Michael Berger, send a voicemail. Again, we're happy you're here. <laughs> 844-204-RICH is the phone number. 844-204-RICH. My phone was ringing, and, and he's laughing because it's a mutual friend of ours who decided to call. It's great. Anyway, he's laughing, meaning Chris Brockman hey. is laughing. Chris, hello. Hey. Good day. Andrew, what's happening? Oh, wonderful to see you. Syracuse, big game tonight. What are we doing for it? For the big game? <laughs> I'm going to go to the Breeders' Cup. I don't know if I'm back in time. Oh, man. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Uh, the Friday Breeders. I only got the invite yesterday. Jeez. But yeah. How are friends? Gonna go, I'm, I'm going to go ride a pony. <laughs> yes. You're not participating in the Breeders' Cup. No, I'm not going to ride it. I'm just, not Ian Rappaport. I'm not actually the jockey. I am going to go there and wear purple because it is the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita. And I'm going to have a, a good time on a 
on a Friday afternoon. Nice. Put some bets in yeah, for One me. of the most beautiful tracks in all of America. It is. It's awesome. Santa Anita. Jason, good to see you as well, hey, sir. What's up, Andrew? Nothing. All right, just, cool. Just chilling. Cool. TJ. Cool. <laughs> Yo. Good to see you. What's up, brother? Um, what's up? How are you? I'm okay. Here's the big news. Did you guys hear the big news this morning? Oh, no. The Huge DOC, news. DOC's coming up with another album? No. Oh, okay. Is the DOC still alive? I was going to say, is he still with us? I didn't know. So the doc saw a doctor and he's good. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. No. The big news of the day. I should have told Hoskins here. What are you leading with? It just hit me. Shockingly, I'm doing this top of my head. It happens. The big news today. It was announced that Curb Your Enthusiasm is back in February. Hey. Post-Super Bowl. Someone text TJ right now. Yeah, text me and my, my text will come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Kirby Enthusiasm is back for a 12th season as if our lives weren't awkward enough right now. Right. He's coming back. Uh, no, the real top story is that what? Well, you're looking at TJ. What? <laughs> well, his when you text TJ, the Kirby theme plays. But I, so Seriously? I just So I just did it. So it would play, and he had his phone on mute. Can't, can As we, he's supposed you to. You could try it again. Like you're supposed to. Yes, actually. Do it again. Do it again. All right, hold on. We'll just just re- resend. Because when it happens, it freaks me out. Here we go. Thank you. So that's all you had to do to pull up the sound. He did it. It wasn't okay. on me. Don't no, look at me. Like, I asked the control room for it, and they said, well, I hadn't told them I was going to do oh, this, right. and so now they got to scramble, and people hate when, no. you know, the host does that got to it. you. So there, all you had to do was text him. Yeah, kind of a D-move. any text. Kind of a D-move to do that. Any text. Any text. Any text. It'll Fantastic. happen at least once every other week. I'll forget. That is awesome news. Post Super Bowl, I got to imagine, right? Exactly. I mean, I would have to think. Maybe it's Super Bowl Sunday Maybe night. Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Boom, curb at night. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Larry David. What if the Jets were in the Super Bowl? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a great laugh. Jets fan Larry David in with the Jets in the Super Bowl. What if it were against Jeff Garland's Bears? <laughs> That's Jeff Garland laughing. Uh, we'd be really rich. We could bet it right now, and it's probably a bajillion to one. I'm a league employee. I've never placed a sports bet in my life. Well, that's, true story. That's why, that's why I'm here. <laughs> okay. Do not do that. No, actually, that is a true story. Thank, thank you, Kawhi. That is, that is a true story. Thank you, Kawhi. I mean, was that Kawhi? Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Kawhi, coming up, you won't believe what James Harden said yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Or maybe you will. We'll play that a little bit later. Let's get to the Thursday night game because you won't believe what happened last night. Actually, you will. As I texted Brockman yeah. with about five minutes the remaining in the game. game ever. This game <laughs> is going exactly <laughs> as expected. The most predictable game ever because every Steeler game is the same with the exception of last week against the Jaguars where they got punched in the mouth in the pouring rain and they're still complaining about the officiating, forgetting that they were gifted a win the week previous here in L.A. That aside... Every Steelers game is the same this year. They don't play well. They get penalized a lot. And then Kenny Pickett somehow puts it together in the fourth quarter. The defense stands on its head in the fourth quarter. And they win. Now, the one difference last night is that with Matt Canada down on the sideline, the Steelers came out and had a really good drive. They opened the game, marched down the field, and they scored the touchdown. 
That doesn't happen. Maybe Matt Canada on the sideline. All it took was moving Canada downstairs, eh? And that worked. It worked. Everyone after the game said they loved it. And then Will Levis got dealing. Will Levis can play, everybody. Another thing you and I were texting back and forth about last night. Yep. That kid can sling it. Oh, my god! And not only can he sling it, and yeah, he threw the pick at the end of the game. Granted, I don't like four verticals. I mean, you had, what, 11 seconds left? Uh, yeah. They were in the same play back-to-back, four yeah. verticals. I mean, yeah. you could have taken a shot at the sideline. You could have tried the middle of the field and gotten down there, had a closer shot. Regardless, he threw the pick. Give the Steelers credit. They ended the game. Quan yeah. Alexander ended the game. But Will Levis can sling it, and not only can he sling it, that kid could stand in there and take a hit. I was stunned that at no point during that game with a third and fourth string and who the hell are these guys offensive line in front of them that Will Levis did not fall victim to a TJ Watt or Alex Highsmith or Cam Hayward strip sack. Thought it was going to happen. Thought it was inevitable. Matter of fact, that's how I thought the game would end. They would score the touchdown. The Steelers would get in the end zone. In this case, Deontay Johnson. And then he did the Shawshank celebration there. Was there like almost 700 days since he he scored? He had not scored a touchdown (laughs) since Ben Roethlisberger was passively, aggressively throwing him touchdowns. Walking boot. (laughs) Walking boot. (laughs) I digress. Um, Andy Reid just said in Germany, I haven't had a bratwurst. Maybe I'm going to have one, though, maybe two. Okay. (laughs) I am ADD today reading things off my screen. Where was I? Um, So they scored early. I I thought... I thought that there would be a point during the game in which Will Levis got hit, he fumbled, and that's how the game would end. Uh, That was a patchwork offensive line. It came in banged up, and it got even more banged up as the game progressed. It's amazing that the Titans were able to hang in that game and actually protect the quarterback as well as they did, considering the guys they had out there off the bench and out of position. Will Levis has a future. It is a bright one. And barring injury, as much as I like the guy, I think... It is safe to say Ryan Tannehill has played his last down as a Tennessee Titan. Again, barring injury, it's a long season. Half the season still yet to be played. Will Levis is that dude, and I'm happy for him. You know, he took a lot of pre-draft slings and arrows, and he went from a potential top 10 pick, which, by the way, before the season or in season for college football, everyone's a top 10 pick until they're not. Only 10 guys can go top 10. Will Levis was not one of them. He went top 10 in the second round, not the first. He waited his turn. And no, he did not throw four pit or four touchdowns like he did a week ago in his debut. But I would argue, even in the loss, what Will Levis did last night on the road in Pittsburgh was more impressive than his four touchdowns at home against the Atlanta Falcons. That's more impressive than what Kenny Pickett did last night. Give any Steeler fan the option. Which QB would you rather have? They would take Will Levis. 100%. 100%. But here's what Kenny Pickett did last night, which he hadn't done, as I said, in weeks previous, and that is play well in the first quarter. So he played well in the first. He played well in the fourth. Is that going to be enough? Negative. But it was enough last night. Here's what Will Levis had to say. Losing sucks, Um, especially at this level. You know, it's just so hard to win games and when you got an opportunity like that to win it at the end it doesn't happen makes it feel a whole lot worse but I mean credit to them they made the plays when they needed to and we didn't uh 
got to get back to work. That last one, just trying to make a play and how, how it could have turned out differently. I should maybe take a shot somewhere else, but uh, need to give him, give him a ball. One one of Josh to climb the ladder for me and need to give him one to jump up and go get. So uh, didn't make the play. going to do my best to make it next time. Will Levis, bright future. Titans found their guy. <laughs> I know. He's played only eight quarters. But we told you before the game, yesterday on the show, that the only quarterback in the last 20 years as a rookie to go into Pittsburgh and win was one Dak Prescott. Will Levis almost did it last night and did it with a banged-up offensive line. Um, Tip of the cap to you. As for the Steelers, I said every game is the same. Here's why. They have been outgained despite their great defense, outgained in all eight games this year. Yet, they are five and three. Outgained in every single game. Is that going to cut it come January? I would say unlikely. They're playing at home. I would say likely. They could get a home win playing that kind of football. They're not going to go on the road and win playing this kind of football. Here's Mike Tomlin. Thoughts on Kenny, short week, rib injury, and, and coming through there? Yeah. You know, nothing that he does from an intangible, intangible perspective or a toughness perspective surprises me. I think that we're all really comfortable about those qualities in him and, you know, his desire to, to, to rise up big for us in moments and, be significant down the stretch. Um, can't say enough about it. Down the stretch, 11 plays, 92 yards, a touchdown drive to take the lead in the fourth quarter because that's what Kenny Pickett does. Seventh career game-winning drive. Second most in the NFL these past two seasons behind only Kirk Cousins. Kenny Pickett, 10-3 and three in his young career. Again, two seasons, a season and a half, really. 10-3 and three in his career in one-score games. If you make the minimum here, five starts, five career starts, the 10-3 and three in one-score games is the best of any active quarterback in the NFL. Better than Patrick Mahomes? Better than Kirk Cousins? Better than a young Brock Purdy? Better than Lamar Jackson? Better than all of them. All Kenny Pickett does is win one-score games. And the Steelers now are sitting at 5-3, and three, but they're still sitting behind the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC North. Do you trust the Steelers as a wild-card team on the road the way they are playing now? I don't. I don't. But a home game, I do. I truly do. Big difference between the way you're playing week nine and the way you're playing week 19, which is what the NFL internally calls the wildcard weekend. Week 19. Big difference. But I could see them getting there. If the playoffs were to start today, big hint, they don't. Three teams from the AFC North would be in. Three. I mean, that is pretty ridiculous. Heading into last week, three teams from the NFC West would have been in as well. The Rams lost. They fell out of the seventh seed in the NFC. 
But the Will Levis thing, I think it does send not only a positive message here to Tennessee, Mm -hmm. but it also sends a positive message to teams that want to find a quarterback somewhere other than the first round. Now, skeptics would push back and say, but he was going to be a first-round quarterback, and then he fell. But he wasn't a first-round quarterback. That's the thing, is that everyone had a chance and everyone passed until the Titans had another chance, and the Titans took him, and it worked. And I think the kid's got a great demeanor. He's got a great arm, and he is tough as all you-know-what. Like, he didn't run the first time T.J. Watt was helmetless breathing down his neck. He did not run when Alex Highsmith screaming off the edge. He stood in that pocket. He got hit, which may not be the smartest thing for your long-term health. Um, But a lot of the times he stood in the pocket, he delivered the ball downfield and did so well and did so to a wide receiver core. But let's be honest, is kind of DeAndre Hopkins and the other guys. Good news on Traylon Burks, however. We saw the scary scene on the Titans' second-to-last possession where he hit the ground on a deep ball on fourth down, head hit the turf, and he was out cold immediately. Um, Al Michaels, they came back from break and said, this is scary. Two ambulances on the field. Traylon Burks walked out of the locker room and onto the team bus Mm. last night under his own power. Crazy scary. So that is such good news. Um, got that across my phone before I went to bed last night. Sleep easy. That is such good news that he was able to get up and get out. Not nearly as good news on Cole Holcomb, the linebacker, yeah. former UNC guy who uh, got his knee blown up. Really no other way to say it. Collision with a teammate in coverage in the first half. Mike Tomlin said after the game that is a, quote, serious knee injury. And Al Michaels said during the game, it is one of the injuries that we will not show again on replay. So, best wishes to one Cole Holcomb. All right. Other NFL news around the league today. Sean McDermott says that Josh Allen should be good to go. Again, he said that last night. He's going to say it again today. Should be good to go despite um, being limited a little bit this week in practice. We're going to talk to Tom Pelissero coming up shortly. Get the latest on not only the Raiders, but the latest on Deshaun Watson, uh, who is back on the practice field again today. And I would say all signs point towards Deshaun Watson being on the field Sunday for the Browns. Will this be a Deshaun Watson-Kyler Murray game? I don't think so. The indications I get from Arizona, they're probably going to wait another week, but I could be wrong. I'm going to hedge it big time. If it is Clayton Toon at quarterback, he has thrown one NFL pass. It went for four yards in mop-up duty against the Seattle Seahawks. And he would be one of seven rookie quarterbacks to start a game this week. And remember, Anthony Richardson is out for the year. (laughs) Seven. As mentioned, we got a fun show coming up. Rich is going to call in from Germany. Tom Pelissero, Evan Carter from the Texas Rangers. It's a Rich Eisen show, everybody.
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Larry David, uh, we've done this before with you. Yeah. Um, I've got three social situations. You are the judge and jury as to what is done. Okay. okay. Yes. First one is destination weddings. Okay. <laughs> it's already funny. Destination yeah. weddings. <clears throat> I say to my wife, we're going to a destination wedding. We should not give a present because my presence is my present. <clears throat> what do you say, Larry First David? First of all, where is the wedding? How far is it? <clears throat> Another country. Okay, you don't even go. <laughs> you don't go. You don't go. But it's a close family friend. I don't care. I am not flying 14 hours on a plane yes. to somebody's wedding. I'm not going to do that. What The distance from your house that you would An hour consider. and a half by car. <laughs> That's it. Here's social situation number two for you, Larry David. Sure. So you're going into somebody's house for, let's say, the fight, the Mayweather-McGregor fight. This okay. happened to one of our producers, sure. Ken okay. Tulo, okay? okay. Uh, they brought desserts. Fight ends. Nobody's touched the desserts. <laughs> they like these desserts. Is it okay to take the desserts home? It's still it's you're, a perishable. You're bringing it to the host, right? That's true. The host saw it. Mm-hmm. It's different if the host didn't see it, then you could sneak out with it. <laughs> <laughs> so if the host never saw it, if the you place it on the it. table and there's no note, yeah, that's when you could take it. If you think if you think you're not going to get caught, yeah, then you could take it. Last one for you, Larry LD. Shoes off on a plane. Do you have a problem with somebody on a plane? I have a big problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Keep them on. Okay. You know, don't make yourself. It's not your house. All right. You're outside. You're in public. I don't want to. I don't want to see your socks. And uh, God forbid you have a little odor down there. Who needs that? Right. And I don't even want to know if you do have it. Exactly. It's close quarters. Come on. (laughs) Take a couple of minutes. Keep your shoes on.
Funny, 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 funny stuff, everybody. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. My name is Andrew Siciliano. As I reorganize papers on this desk, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this card to tell you that this is the Rich Eisen Show desk, which is furnished by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by as we get ready for week number nine of the National Football League. And we get ready to talk to a man who is officially now an insider. He's on NFL Game Day Morning. He's on the Insider Show on The Plus and on NFL Network. And I'm kind of disappointed that he's not wearing a hoodie today because Tom Pelissero, I wanted to compare hoodies and have a hoodie off, if you will. I used my hoodie of the week uh, on Thursday this week, just decided it felt like the right move at that time. Try to limit myself to one per week. Seriously? Like that's a thing? I mean, no, but, you know, I'm trying to, (laughs) here's the thing. If I start doing two hoodies a week, that's the gateway to three hoodies a week. And pretty soon it's hoodie every day of the week. So I try to limit myself. It's moderation. Mm. That's what it's about. Uh, Hoodies, (laughs) hoodies are a gateway wardrobe choice. (laughs) Clearly, you know, yeah. You get one, you get two. Um, and well, I, and the fellows I, in the studio just want to see what jackets I got on. Right, boys? Absolutely. Absolutely. Up, absolutely. And, and, and you know what? Yeah, uh, t- boy. Tip of the cap to Tommy Sarah, Pink. the lovely Sarah Pelissero as well. A lot of people, I think, watching your wardrobe choices this year, thinking that she may have a hand in it. Regardless, I'd assume it's a team effort, but you guys are doing well. Just, just want you to know. I think she thinks a lot of the things I wear are stupid. Honestly, there's not a lot of input. Just occasionally, it's like, what were you wearing today? Yeah. <laughs> then I take back everything I said. And uh, yeah, what were you wearing? Um, what will Deshaun Watson be wearing on Sunday? My, my read, Tom, is if he's practicing again and he's on the podium again, and most accounts I'm hearing from people that are there, are he's, he's got pretty good zip on it. My gut says he plays this week. What do you think? There's a lot of times when coaches say day to day and it's the cliche it's, you know, as Nick Sirianni laid out recently, it's just the way that you kind of get away, get away with not saying anything at the podium for the course of the week with the way that everything is played out with Deshaun Watson it is truly day to day. So if in fact he does practice again today, which I would expect, then it's going to be a question of how does he feel on Saturday? And then come Sunday morning, does he feel completely led ready to go and let it rip? I mean, he thought a few weeks ago, before that Indianapolis game, that he was going to be good to go. Obviously, he got out there. He took another hit on the shoulder. It wasn't right. This is a, you know, when you find this injury in baseball pitchers, it's four to six weeks. We're right around the six-week mark right now. You would think he is getting closer. What they don't want to do is have the same sequence of events play out over and over and over through the rest of the season. The fact that he's throwing, the fact that he's on the practice field, I agree with you. It's all good signs. But honestly, until he is suited up at kickoff time, in this case, you just you gotta you, you don't one hundred percent know. Yeah, and go back to the Indianapolis week when he did get on the podium and said it is like a pitcher's thing, and we've been consulting with, with baseball doctors as well to to try to figure out how to move forward. I spoke to Kevin Stefanski Friday night that week, and I said, you know, if it's a pitcher's injury, do you almost need to make the Colts a bullpen day? Like, do you have three quarterbacks up just in case? And he said, nah, if he's good to go, he's good to go. Well, then he didn't make it into the second quarter. He took that one hit, as you said. So I agree with you. The key is it's not start the game. It's finish the game and actually look like yourself and not have safeties coming from the opposite hash to pick a ball off on the sideline because you got no juice on it. All right, let's go back to the Raiders firing. Um, I wake up 10 o'clock. I'd gone to bed early. I see it. Okay, wow. 
middle of the night. Well, not really out here on the West Coast, but regardless. But then my immediate thought was, and Tom, I haven't gotten a good answer, is if you're going to do it now, I get it. Why don't you do it first thing in the morning when they get off the plane? Why do you let a coach and a GM that you're about to fire 12 hours later handle your trade deadline? That was unusual, and it was set up, of course, in part by the fact that they had a Monday night game on the road that you know they got back from in the early hours of Tuesday morning. Anyone who's known Mark Davis also knows he's not really a morning person. He is an afternoon and evening uh, type of a person. But this is something Mark Davis had been thinking about for quite a while. And quite honestly, when it comes to the trade deadline, Mark Davis didn't want to give up these star players. He wanted to figure out a way to get the most out of these guys and still be competitive because, you know, they're not 0-8 here. They're 3-5. and They still got things to play for here. And they feel like between Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, they got some superstars on the roster. Now, you look at the offensive line, it's got a long way to go. You look at the personnel elsewhere. Obviously, you got a quarterback change again this week with Aiden O'Connell back into the lineup. So you have moving parts, but from Mark Davis's perspective, this was not about, okay, fire them, do a fire sale, and move forward. No. I mean, about the only thing that they would have done differently, perhaps, was take Hunter Renfro's salary down to the minimum to be able to get something for him in a trade because other teams were not going to pick up that entire salary. That would have needed to be done Monday prior to the game. So really the cadence of the schedule played into this as much as anything. But make no mistake, this was not knee-jerk. This was not Mark Davis got mad about what happened on Monday night and decided to fire everyone. This is something that had been weighing on his mind for weeks. He had had discussions with players. He had been trying to get a feel for every aspect of the football operation. And ultimately, he decided that change was needed. I know it has not gone through yet, and it being Tom Brady's official signing of his uh, purchase of minority share, But, Tom, what do you make of the talk, speculation, inference that Tom Brady has Mark Davis's ear in all this? It's a good question, Um, and I think that Tom Brady is never going to give the accurate answer, at least publicly. Uh, Certainly him and Mark have developed a relationship in buying into the Las Vegas Aces that just won the WNBA title, which is also something that Mark Davis has had on his mind. Hey, he figured out. It's a different league, but he figured out how to win a championship there. Why can't he get it right right now uh, with the Raiders? Um, you know, in terms of Tom Brady, it's complicated in terms of his ownership stake because uh, you're talking about, number one, there were issues that have been made public about what Mark Davis would be selling that portion of the Raiders to Tom Brady for, uh, but also the fact that Tom Brady is under contract with Fox, and it would be an unprecedented situation to have somebody who's a part owner of one team doing production meetings and calling games on other teams. And so there's no certainty at this point that Tom Brady's purchase will ever get through, at least not with some modifications or potential changes to what his role would be at Fox. So this is something to keep an eye on. They didn't vote on it. They didn't discuss it at the October meeting. We'll see if that changes at the December league meeting. Otherwise, you're talking about going through this entire season without that actually becoming final. And at some point, you have to wonder whether, number one, Tom Brady will never become a part owner of the Raiders, or number two, Tom Brady will never actually be in a booth at Fox. Talking to Tom Pelissero, real quick, one last thing on the Raiders. Do we agree that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get the Derek Carr treatment? Like, we're going to put you in a box, go stand in the corner, and, you know, because of the money due next year, you're not playing again here? Well, I think that above, above all else, they think they've got something in Aiden O'Connell and they want to see him on the field. Garoppolo's already got $11.25 million fully guaranteed for next year, but Derek Carr. It was all injury guaranteed money, which is part of the reason that you didn't want him on the field, because if you get hurt, then 
now that money becomes uh, guaranteed. With with Garoppolo, he's got 11.25 fully guaranteed next year, plus an $11.25 million roster bonus due in March. So the new uh, general manager of the team, whether that's Champ Kelly, who's the interim, or it's somebody else, is going to have to make some decisions here. Um, a little bit of a similar situation as Derek Carr a year ago in terms of you got to make a decision earlier on in the calendar. Is it possible to trade Jimmy Garoppolo? Not if people watch the tape from Monday night. It's going to be really difficult here. We've obviously seen Garoppolo play at a high level uh, for a long period of time. It's one of many things that they're going to have to sort through because, remember, it's not like you ever get a clean slate entirely. You've got other players that they brought in. you got Jacoby Myers, who's guaranteed for next year. You've got other signings that they made. You know, you're locked into some stuff, which is kind of what happens when you bring people in who you have to know on some level are going to do a rebuild culturally as well as personnel-wise, and then you fire them after a year and a half. Yeah, I got a lot of clap back on social media when I said I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo in Minnesota than Josh Dobbs or Jimmy Garoppolo in Atlanta than either of the two options there. And I know he played poorly Monday night. I know he has not played well recently, and he has the back injury also, but that's another thing about like the trade deadline. Like if you could have unloaded him, if you knew you were going to make this move, if you had gotten rid of your GM before 4 p.m. Eastern time and maybe looked in that direction, I know the contract's an issue here. I, I still think he would have been a better option, but that's just well, me. Take, like, take the Vikings, for instance, here, Andrew. You have Kirk Cousins at the trade deadline is two days removed from tearing his right. Achilles, right? He hadn't even had the surgery at that point. Kevin O'Connell voiced something publicly this week that I know has been the private discussion, which is, they would like Kirk Cousins to be back in 2024. If you make a move to, for instance, trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo who's got guaranteed money in 2024, or a Kyler Murray that I know is speculated on, mm-hmm. he's got guaranteed money out into 2025, you're limiting your options in terms of whether it is bringing Kirk back, whether it's drafting a quarterback high. By trading for Dobbs, you're locked into nothing beyond this season. You have Jaron Hall who's going to get the start this week. You go out and you see, hey, is this guy Brock Purdy? If he's not, and of course the odds are stacked against anyone playing like Brock Purdy down the, did down the stretch last year, now you got Josh Jobs and he steps in. And if that doesn't work out, but you're still in the thick of the playoff race, you still could go out and sign a veteran or do something else. It's just the trade market that's yeah. cut off at this point. The Vikings took, and they, I can tell you this, Andrew, they explored a lot of different options. They pursued a lot of different options. They all fit in the same category, which was nothing that was going to impact Beyond 2023, Dobbs ended up being the one with the fewest ripple effects in terms of the future. They did give up a six-round pick in that deal, but they also got a six-round pick back from Jacksonville for Ezra Cleveland, so it was largely a wash. Real quick, now you got to go. Final minute. Has anything, you guys had the story a couple of weeks ago about Harbaugh and possible discipline on the college side that may um, leak over to the NFL side. If you were to go to the NFL last year or next year, uh, Jim Tressel, Terrell Pryor being the precedent there. Has Anything changed in these last two weeks as this story gets more and more interesting and we learn more and more on the college side? Are you any, I guess, um, less skeptical now? Or I'll let, I'll let you put your words on it. How do you feel about Harbar now, two weeks later, after you guys had that? Well, that, that was this past Sunday. And, and that's based upon what we were hearing in terms of what the NFL potentially would do and its clubs to not have Jim Harbaugh on the sideline at the start of 2024 if he is leaving Michigan to escape a suspension that's been doled out. Now, I've had people raise Pete Carroll to me. People have raised Antonio, who just became the interim head coach uh, of the Raiders, and it had trouble that he was facing potentially at Arizona State. But in those cases, nobody had gotten a ban. Nobody was barred from the sideline at that point. Obviously, there were 
programmatic uh, impacts and fallout from those that, that took place here. But with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, and I know there's people doing a lot more reporting on this than I am because it's the biggest story right now in college football, maybe the biggest story in all of sports. But I know there were calls the last couple of days based on what's been reported with the other coaches in the Big Ten, with the uh, athletic directors in the Big Ten. You saw Ryan Walters, the head coach of Purdue, that has to play Michigan this week, saying last night, hey, these aren't allegations. There's evidence. We know they were there. They bought the tickets. There's a paper trail. They took the videos. We know all that's true. There's a lot of angst here and now pressure on the Big Ten to step in and perhaps supersede to a certain degree the glacial uh, NCAA disciplinary process. So we know that Jim Harbaugh served a three-game suspension earlier this year. You remember, Andrew, that was because a negotiated four-game suspension was rejected by, I believe it's called the Committee of Infractions at the NCAA. So the three games that Michigan gave Jim Harbaugh was to mitigate future punishment. So he's still facing future punishment for recruiting violations during the COVID-19 dead period. Now you add on top of it, potentially the biggest scandal of my lifetime uh, in college athletics with Jim Harbaugh and this Connor Stallions character and Real all the name. Other things yep. that they allegedly uh, were doing here. You know, if you have multiple violations, and again, I'm not an expert on the NCAA rulebook, but I do know multiple major violations within a program uh, that would yield a finding of head coach responsibility to get somebody banned for a long time. We're not talking about, oh, something was alleged. Now he can't come to the NFL. No, if he gets a suspension, if the NCAA, the Big Ten, whoever suspends Jim Harbaugh indefinitely, I would fully anticipate because of integrity of the game and because of precedent in the Jim Tressel case that the NFL slash its clubs would have discussions about the eligibility of Jim Harbaugh. And I think that it would, teams would be hard-pressed to have Jim Harbaugh if, again, he has a suspension that's been handed down at the college level, having him on the field week one of the 2024 season. And I'm with you on the um, the vagaries and, and how different the NCAA rulebook is. We don't know every last line. Because, Tom, they generally make it up as they go. Look at North Carolina, who they found was basically running a diploma mill for years, and then they went, ah, okay, no big deal. But this is bad. Listen. Oh, I'm not downplaying it. Recruiting violations. Like, these are all bad. You look back at Jim Trestle, Terrell Pryor in 2011, they were trading tattoos and memorabilia. Yeah, but Trestle also signed that all his players were eligible when he knew none of them were. That's what it was about. Right. In hindsight, though, that's like, that's NIL. Now we can just have a name for it. It's something that everybody does. Right. This is something, no matter what level of football you're at, knowing you have a bright line rule and a team is violating it to this degree, allegedly, um, it's a, it's a massive, massive deal. And the NFL is going to, you know, take a really hard look at whatever, whatever ends up taking place over these next couple of months. The insiders every day, NFL plus NFL game day morning. Sorry, I missed you this past Sunday. I have truly, as I just told you there with the timeline on your Harbaugh story, lost track of time and weeks next time. However, Let's get a drink or something. Sounds good. Made a good job there by Pelicero wearing NFL owners meeting gift bag swag on the TV. There are certain people at the network that do an amazing job getting every last item of the gift bag swag into their wardrobe. Del Tufo? Del Tufo. Well, I'm talking NFL Network. <laughs> I mean this. I, of course, Del Tufo. Del Tufo is obviously in a class by himself on swag. I mean this as a compliment. 
Nobody does it like Omar Ruiz. Our reporter Omar, you guys know oh, Omar, he's right? The best. Heard of him, yeah. He's the best, the Omar. Man. Omar is top ten human. Like Omar is the best. Totally agree. Like, um, and his wife Ashley and their beautiful family, their three daughters, utterly amazing. All of them. Omar makes every last item in that bag work <laughs> and and like for five years. Like Omar could walk in and I go, oh, owners meetings uh nineteen, those Nike shoes. Yeah. And Omar lights up. Good job. That was good. Yeah. yeah. And then he'll walk in the next week and I'll go, that's a Nike pullover. The meetings in 19. He's like, you got it. Yep. Like it's a special, it's a special gift you have, Andrew. He utilizes all of it. Yeah. Um, I sent a, I sent a text to a GM uh, last year, like a month after the meetings, he's on the podium doing a pre-draft presser. And I'm like, ah, you, you kept that hoodie. Like, I, I gifted that one. <laughs> and that was kind of ugly. Anyway, you don't look a gift horse in the whatever. Exactly. Yeah. If it's free, it's me. Love it. Hey, you can stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Look what we did there. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open WWO Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. That's right. Stream Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and me all season long for free. And get in the zone of AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. Coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show, you won't believe what James Harden said yesterday. Or maybe you will. Because it's on brand. That's next. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I did not approve this, but, uh, you know, that's that's part of me delegating to you, our social media grand maester. You put out on Instagram a photograph. It says breaking bears trading for Russell Wilson. And and what's today's date? What's today's date? It is April 1st, Rich. And that is what? It is April, April Fool's, Fool's Day. <laughs> so um, it's five minutes to air, and I, my phone's on the desk, and it's buzzing. And yeah. and I, I, I see it is, uh, you know, it's... it's uh, uh, it's Jeff Garland. Is the caller there? Is the caller there on the rich? Yes. <laughs> Jeff from Chicago. <laughs> What's funny about it? Nothing's funny about it. 
Nothing is funny about it. Our friend Doug Robinson texts me. Yes. Capital left. Russell Wilson. He says, you know, Rich doesn't usually get the scoops. Adam Schefter <laughs> should be on this. Well, that should have made me suspicious. Yeah. But no, I have so much respect for the Rich Eisen show that I know that they have connections that nobody else has. That's true. Well, you know what, Rich? I'm not going to swear. But I got to tell you, your little social media boy, he's going to get his. Oh, my God. <laughs> TJ, do you have anything to say? to Jeff Garland? Yeah. Uh, happy Fool's Day. <laughs> All right. Hey, TJ, you don't know what you've brought down on yourself. You don't even have a clue. I'm you ready know for the it. power that I have, I... especially in practical jokes. I'm going to nail you so hard. Pause. You know what? I hope you enjoy your testicles right now because they're going to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I need them. Oh, my God. I like that beat, too. Yeah, yeah from TV good, good viewer, music, the Roku viewer. Hi there. Hey music there, the Jeff there. Garland. Bring that beat back. Viewer, bring that beat back. You want to hear that beat, right? Hey, it's uh, the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Andrew Siciliano, hey. TJ Jefferson, hey. Jason is here, Chris Brockman Whoop. here as well. Uh, Victor Wembanyama played really good basketball. Dude, Fun! Yay! <laughs> he, he scored 38 <laughs> last night. And it's not just... That he scored thirty. It's not just the number thirty-eight. It's how he got the he thirty-eight. He hit threes in transition. Threes, step backs, dunks, oh, alley oops, like a pick and roll, give and goes, oh, alley oops. He still looks like a giant praying mantis. Looks like something yes. out of a, a, a. I'm a funny looking human, by the way. Out of a <laughs> out of a sci-fi movie with like. Can you imagine you standing next to Victor Wembanyama? That would be the picture of all pictures. <laughs> I have a lot of funny ones next to like massive football players. It's funny. I did not get my Dewan Jones picture at the Browns game a couple of weeks ago. I'm gonna get one of those. He, he was eventually. standing next to Kevin Durant on the free throw line at one point, and Durant looked like. Like his child. Durant said after the game. And Durant's seven feet tall. Durant said after the game, by the way, big Spurs win, whatever that over 29 for the Spurs over under. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Jimmy and San Antonio, congrats. So <laughs> he's getting that money. He's getting that money. Wembenyama <laughs> uh, had a great game, 38 and 20, right? And Durant said afterwards, he, 38 and 10. 38, 38 and 10, and 10 I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 38 and 20. 38 and 20, we would have had yeah. even more now. He, he praised him for his knowledge of the game, his. Um, his uh how would i say this um his respect for the game right like he's not some kid that just showed up from another country and knows nothing he clearly gets it is what durant kind of said is what i inferred from what he said but he also said something like people compare us it's like i guess we're both skinny but like i'm not him like we're yeah we're we're totally different players and you could see the embrace they had afterwards as well where durant wasn't just like hey good game bro and this is the second time they had played. So back to back games. Yeah. So obviously there's there is a mutual respect here. And I don't know. And my biggest fear of Wembanyama is can his body at that frame so lean take the pounding? I don't know. It's a long season. And I don't just mean this year. I mean long term. But if he comes to town, ladies and gentlemen, go down to the arena and take your kids. Mm. 100%. It's that kind of show. Yep. Your, your kids may one day be able to say, I saw 
Wemby as a rookie yep. or, or just saw him, period. And you don't have to even get a good seat. You could sit in the last row in the rafters. You'll be able to see him clearly. He's the seven foot six dude down there. Not even his his rookie year, but I, I saw LeBron play in New Orleans his third season. Okay. And I remember everything about the game. He scored 40 plus. The game went into overtime and the Cavs won. Mm-hmm. It was it's it's that type of experience, I think, this year going to see Wemby. So you're totally right. If you have a chance yeah. to go see him, he comes to your town. Go, you won't regret it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw LeBron's first game against the Clippers his rookie year. I believe he scored eight points, something that like mm-hmm. twenty years later. I remember I was in the house on Sunday just to watch Wembenyana because I wanted to see that first that first game here in Los Angeles. And I got to be honest, and I said this to these guys when I came in Monday, he had his worst game of the year Mm -hmm. against the Clippers. He only had 11. The Clippers, they played him defensively. Robert Covington, who got traded, did a great job just doing all they could. Also, it looked like he was on a pitch count injury. He only played 26 minutes against the Clippers for whatever reason. But last night, I I mean, I kind of wish I would have seen that type of game on Sunday that he had the last two nights hey you were in the building you saw him there will be other opportunities if he keeps doing what he did last night he is going to stick around for a long long time speaking of your clippers so james harden has yet to play this year obviously um they uh yeah you saw how what the the uh, the bills did rasul douglas dnp didn't practice just got here right (laughs) <laughs> very funny. Just got here. Very, very funny. Uh, James Harden, DNP, just got here as well. But they're also kind of like, we're working him into basketball shape. Well, you would have been in basketball shape. He hadn't just like refused to show up and play for the Sixers. But that's an entirely different issue. James Harden met with the L.A. media for the first time yesterday. Philly is just, you know, changing my role, knowing I can give more, knowing I can do more. But if you want to be honest, like being on a leash and <clears throat> um like me knowing in order for us to get where you want to get to, I was going to have to be playing my best offensively, whether it's facilitating and scoring the basketball and Joel as well. And I never really, you know, had that opportunity. So um, I think all that plays into where I am today, where um, whatever T. Lou and the coaching staff needs me to do. Okay. Pretty harmless stuff there. Don Bowie would tell you, stop hitting the podium because we could hear it when you hit the mic stand. <laughs> Listen to this one, though. <laughs> when I'm in a leash, I'm not in just shooting the basketball every time. I'm in, like, I'm a, I'm a, like, I think the game, and I'm a creator on the court. You know what I mean? So if I got a, a, a voice to where I can, hey, coach, I see this. You know, what you think about this? Then it's like, oh, okay. Like somebody that trusts me, that believes in me, that understands me, that I'm just not a, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a system player. I am a system. You know what I mean? So, um Somebody that, that can have that dialogue with me and understand and, and, and move forward and figure out and make adjustments on the fly throughout the course of games. That's all I really care about. You know what I mean? It's not about me scoring a basketball, scoring 30, 34 points. Like, I've done it already. So um, that's what I meant by that. I'm not a system, man. I am the system. <laughs> I love it. What a great I'm quote. not a business, Put man. That on a t shirt. I'm a business. I'm a business. Man. Man. Joe Burrow, the window is I'm here. I'm paraphrasing. My career. My career. Thank you. Yeah. What could possibly Very go close. wrong with James Harden and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Russell Westbrook with James Harden saying, 
I'm the system. Now, you admittedly, really just nitpick. It, he hold said on, more than hold just on, that, TJ. Though. I know he said more. I know. It, let, let me get it out. Okay. Admittedly, I'm not your NBA geek here. Okay, but I do know this: that every marriage that James Harden NBA marriage has had eventually goes badly, and it usually happens pretty quickly. So after listening to that, and I realize what I assume you're going to say here that the I'm a system is taken a bit out of context, mm-hmm. is far more nuanced answer. That doesn't sound so bad when you hear the whole thing. But why does anyone think this is going to go well? Does anyone think this is going to go well? I think the thing that can prevent it, obviously, is health. You know, the Clippers have a long history of their stars getting hurt. Uh, I've chronicled that many times. And he has a long history of not staying healthy. He's got a history. So, I mean, I, I... I want to be positive, and, I, and I'm hoping, because if you, you take those three, four guys, and, and, and let's just say they have a chance to stay healthy with their talent and their basketball knowledge, then this team should do well. But everyone out there, their, their initial thought is, this is a failure. This isn't going to work. Harden's washed. I don't know how a guy who had 21 and 11 last year is washed, but you know, ultimately we're going to see. they got to get on the court together. I, I don't think he's washed. I think he could still play. I just think there are way too many cooks in the kitchen and it's not going to go well. But that's just me. I could be wrong. I might not be wrong. It's going to be fun to watch regardless yeah. because if it implodes, it'll be great NBA theater. If it goes well, it's great NBA theater. If the Clippers' final season at Staples, before they moved to Inglewood, and I drive by that thing every day, I mean, it's going up fast, and yeah, it looks fantastic. It is going up fast. Welcome to the neighborhood. Um, if their final season somehow gives us a Lakers-Clippers playoff series and we get a game like we got on Wednesday night, sign me up. And that game didn't have James Harden. No. Sign me up. No doubt. I want that. Badly. I don't know. Color me skeptical. Color me skeptical that the James Harden experiment will work here. But if it does, amazing. Coming up next hour here on the Rich Eisen Show, Evan Carter will join us. Who is Evan Carter, you ask? That is not a Netflix show. (laughs) Evan Carter is an outfielder who just turned 21 years old for your world champion Texas Rangers. He lives in a hotel, he has a vertical driver's license, and he cannot rent a car. <laughs> but Get familiar with his him. batting gloves are going to Cooperstown because he just had a hit in every single game That's crazy, in dude. the postseason. That's crazy. And he joins us right around the corner.